we are tonight. We we're, we got everything figured out, and we're here recording tonight. So um, the topic we're going to be covering is tips for the traveling duck hunter. Um, and I can tell you right now that my favorite hunts of the season, for the most part, are trips where I get to travel around. And, and I probably do. I mean, I don't know. I probably shouldn't say I travel more than you because you just travel within your state a lot. Um, but <laughs> I go just as far and I go into other states. So it almost feels like I'm traveling more, but in reality we both travel a lot. So, um, yeah, yeah. So I'm really excited about this topic, talking about traveling and, and kind of thinking about, you know, as, as we're going over the tips, I'm kind of thinking about some of the cool opportunities we're going to have this season. So, um, definitely, definitely something to look forward to. But, um, before we get into all that, man, um, you know, something I don't think I don't even know if we mentioned this on any of the other podcast uh, episodes yet, but we actually just had a camping trip together. Yeah, I don't think we talked about it at all. So <laughs> I, we made the road trip clear up to the great state of Indiana. First time any of us, my dad, my boys have ever been up to Indiana and got to see some of your waterfowl holes and do a little fishing. That was yep. fun. Oh, yeah, definitely a lot of fun. So, you know, kind of first, what were your kind of first impressions of it? Well, um, you know, Kansas, in all of the streams, you have to look really, really hard in Kansas to find a stream that's not just completely muddy water. Because as as water hit the crop, hits the crop fields, um, it drains off into streams, and then the streams dump into the river. So all of our rivers and streams are just, I mean brown muddy you can't even see three inches and the water in indiana is not that way and it's a farming state so interesting but the water there is not like crystal clear like some of the places i've been in missouri but clear enough to have bass and pike in your in your river systems which to me is totally foreign and in kansas if you want to get um, well, we don't have pike, and we don't hardly, hardly have any smallmouth, but if you want, we have some. If you want to get into the largemouth, you're talking reservoirs, which still, the reservoirs are dirtier than even that river we were on. Mm. Um, although they're not they're not mud, but they are dirtier than their rivers. Or farm ponds. And other than that, you just don't you just don't get them. In Kansas, if you're, if you're fishing in the rivers and streams, you're pretty much fishing for catfish, carp, you know things like that. So I, I loved it. I, I loved the atmosphere of the little Creek that we were on. It was refreshing, lots of lily pads. And you just felt like, you know, if you ran a lure up along the lily pads, it didn't happen a lot, but it felt like you should get a fish. And so I really liked the atmosphere very, very much of, of that area we were at. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, something that we talked about a little bit while you're out there too, is that's, that's actually where um, that same stretch of river is where I, I did my first waterfowl hunt. Um, and I've done a lot, a lot of my hunts over the years, kind of learning the ropes have been in that same section. And you got to see some of the, the blinds, you know, um, which, you know, there's a few blinds right in that section. And sadly, two of the three <laughs> where I've kind of cut my teeth on have been torn down. So, um you know, just just a pretty cool section right in there, and and I, I you know, one thing that was kind of cool for me was to to have you see kind of one of the, the the different places that I've hunted. And you kind of mentioned it while you're there too. It's like, oh, it'd be cool to go back and and look at some of these videos now that it's a lot easier to put the perspective, um, having been there 
compared to just watching a video of it because it's really hard to to get all of that into the video. Yeah. Honestly, looking back at it, if we if I was going to do it again, I would have brought a half dozen decoys and we had to run a simulated hunt back in that because uh, what there was 12 to 20 mallards in your honey hole and that would be enough to run a for an hour or two in the morning to run a simulated duck hunt i i to do if we had done it again that's what i'd have been doing i'd be like wanting to film a simulated duck hunt <laughs> yeah we definitely could have we definitely could have yeah um we flushed quite a few out of there yeah. i mean for this time of year I, in kansas we don't even see ducks this time of year so when i say quite a few like seeing 20 coming out of a spot yeah for mallards is like a ton yeah, 20, 20 in the middle of the day. So who knows what it was looking yeah. like in the morning or something like that. Um, and two, you know, the other thing that I thought of too is um, I think we just kind of, we were just focusing a lot on rela- relaxing and then mm-hmm. um, trying to hammer out hammer out the fishing because it was just uh, mediocre at best. So it's kind of, that was our focus, yeah. just relaxing at the camp and then not being like getting up crazy early or anything like that. And, and, uh, you know, than doing, doing the fishing, but you know, that, that definitely would have been something fun to do. And another thing would have been fun to do is, um, to even go further back into that Creek system that it winds mm-hmm. through the woods and show you some of those little holes in there, which, you know, would have been cool to, to go back in there. Cause it's uh, even for myself, um, there's so much more to explore for him, but, um, you know, kind of what it goes back to, uh, unfortunately for, for the state I live in is even when you find spots like that, that seem like really, really cool habitat. We don't always have the ducks, so it doesn't matter. So, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. I want to give the listeners a little more context. So this spot we were at, um, we rolled into the parking lot, the boat ramp, and we actually had to load all of our gear into two boats. So Jordan had his new duck boat, which I got to see for the first time, which was cool. And then we had ours and we had, uh, six guys so we loaded all of our camping stuff into these boats and then ran up about a mile and then camped right off the river so we had river access at any time and and the spot was a little mode patch and and um relaxing and just taking it slow paced with no video and i didn't hardly take any pictures i didn't do any stories i didn't do nothing and that was just like you said relaxation was the name of the game yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's one thing my wife said when she got back. She's like, "You take any pictures?" I'm like, "Uh, I guess no, I didn't." <laughs> I don't. I don't think I have a single picture from that trip. I took. I took one, and it was of uh, Elijah holding that big old bluegill I caught. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I've got some video that I took. It's mostly of you and Adam on a boat for some reason. When I was filming a lot, you guys were standing on the boat because I was just playing around with my new camera. Oh, uh, was that like the first so, morning? The first morning, and there was another time I did it. I had planned on making it a Patreon video, and just because I was just going to go on uh, up and down the river and just to not fish, just video, and I was going to do like a GoPro time time warp, and but we cut it a day short, and I didn't even get to do that, so I didn't even get enough content to even put anything on on Patreon. Mm. So, but that's okay. That's right. It's nice to. It was nice to not worry about any of that. Yeah, that's kind of what I told told my wife. I'm like. You know, we do so much stuff. It's like on hunting, no matter what, I always film it. Even if I don't feel like it, like that's kind of like my thing. Like I I just always film it. So I'm like with Mm -hmm. fishing and and trips like that, I only film it if I want to. And if I don't want to, then I don't. And so sometimes she's got to have things that are, that are mine is is the way I put it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. 
and, and that's kind of it, it's, it. It always feels like we're in a, in a weird spot because we share so much of the content, whether it's podcast or YouTube or videos or Patreon or whatever, right? Um, but every once in a while, you just got to take a little bit of time to to just be right there in the moment instead of uh, mm-hmm. you know filming it, which I, I love to do the filming. So, but this is you know maybe the only like uh, notable thing for the year that I won't film and, and put up somewhere for content. Yeah. We could have taken a few pictures with our phone probably of just like, Hey, here we're together. You know, it's one or two. I know I did. We definitely should have done something. Cause it, I mean, we, but we live across the country from each other, right? You live in Kansas. Mm-hmm. I live in Indiana. We see each other three times a year, you know, something like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we both got our YouTube channels. We got this podcast together and we got, um, you know, people that follow along with the content. And so when I did get back, I, I did feel a little guilty that I didn't at least do some stories or something. I'm like, man, I think yeah. I, I kind of dropped the ball a little bit not doing anything. But yeah. um, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I overwork myself with, with everything I do. So it's like, you know. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So folks that – any of the folks that are disappointed, I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> Those uh, times are important. I remember the day after the Flyways Collective Hunt where I went uh, with Aiden. It was just he and I on that hunt, and no one came. And I just put the cameras down. That was one of my most enjoyable hunts of the whole year just because I wasn't filming. And just he made pancakes. We shot like six or seven ducks. And it was just really, really special. It's yep. important to do that. Oh, yeah. For sure. All righty. Let's go ahead and get a quick word from our partners. And then we'll go ahead and jump on into um, the topic for today. So first off, I'd like to give a big thanks to Onyx. Guys, if you're not using Onyx, then you're missing out. It's perfect for getting all the boundaries from public land or even private land, finding permission from landowners and their tax information. It takes you right to their house. You can ask for permission. Gone are the days of having different plat books for every county and all the different states you want to hunt. Um, now you can have it right there in the palm, palm of your hand at a click on your smartphone, whether it's Apple or Android or on your PC. It all links together, too. So if I do find something on my computer, when I get on my phone, the pen will be there and all that kind of information. Guys, if people around you are using Onyx and you're not, you're going to be 100% at a disadvantage when it comes to finding hunting permission. Um, so check them out, guys. Onyx, you won't regret it. As motion ducks decoy spreader. First of all, the product code is duck gun 10. Is that correct? That's Did correct. That? Yep. All right. Duck gun 10, all caps, no spaces. And for that, you get 10% off and free shipping and a free anchor bag. And this motion system, guys, we've been talking about it for a long time until you use it. Uh, you just, you, you're not going to understand how much easier it is to set up and break down, which for us is really, really important. Because when, when I'm duck hunting, if I see a 250 yards over is a better spot, we're going to move. You know, we may move half a mile. And and one thing I hated about jerk rigs is how hard they were to move. But the motion ducks is so much easier to move. And I actually have data at this point um, over at Freelance Sun Stats that shows that on days where the wind is below seven, six or seven, I shoot about a bird more per hunt using motion ducks. It is a system that really really works there's no reason for you not to have this in your arsenal of decoys there's just no reason it's not that expensive and it is truly truly effective motion ducks decoy spreader system awesome 
Also, guys, make sure to check out the Patreon for Elliot and I's podcast and our YouTube channels as well. Um, every week, guys, every week it's a new a new high for the number of supporters we have over there, and we can't tell you how much we appreciate you guys jumping over there. And um, you know, it helps us keep the lights on, keeps everything running uh, over here, and and it's awesome knowing that you guys are enjoying the content and supporting us in that way. Um, tonight we're going to be filming another episode after the podcast we're going to be filming another episode of our waterfowlers guide so we got tons of different content over there um definitely jump over there check it out and we appreciate your support and i added that guys we are giving away a hunt one person and one of his or her friends is going to come with us on an actual hunt and you can only have a chance at getting that winning that by being over at patreon so man i'm excited about that make sure you do it um, I want to talk to you about Banded, Avery, and GHG. Um, if you went through my hunting shed and you started looking at my equipment, you would see that that the vast majority of the products that I have there are from those companies. Anytime I'm, I need something for Georgie, for her training, I get on Banded.com. Decoys, GHG. Uh, it's just absolutely phenomenal waterfowl equipment. Get over there. Take a look at what they've got. Really high quality. It's banded.com. Or also, I mean, in a lot of these out to, um, retail stores, you get banded there as well. So you don't just have to get it off the website. You can see they, they sell in a lot of other outlets. Awesome. All righty, let's go ahead and jump into today's topic. So um, like we're saying, guys, we're going to be talking about tips for the traveling duck hunter and uh, Elliot and I both kind of created a list. I think we're going to have a little bit of overlap about the, the things we talk about. But Elliot and I both go on multiple trips a year. Um, I always started off at the beginning of my season. I have to travel. I have to travel because other states actually open up before us for till season, for early goose. Uh, my neighbors up north, Michigan, are starting before me. Wisconsin st- starting before me. I think all the central flyways probably starting before me. Um, so I have to start traveling for that. I mean, I guess I don't have to. I could just not hunt, but I want to travel. <laughs> I want to, you know, it's not too far to get on some birds, and we've been waiting all season. Um, not only that, leading into big duck season, chasing the opener series, I'm traveling. Um, I do it every year, travel for um, the openers all the way up to our local opener. Uh, I make trips out to Kansas every year, and and so we definitely get some traveling under our belt. So uh, that being said, we went ahead and put our list together. And the number one thing, I'm going to start this off, Elliot, the number one thing on my list for tips for traveling duck hunter is buy a bus to build. Yep, everyone needs to do that right now. <laughs> That's what everyone needs to do. You short, may not travel without a bus. Short bus, mid-size, the full thing, it doesn't matter. That is the number one tip. Obviously, that's a joke. Elliot, when I put it up there, you didn't take it You didn't take it serious. <laughs> Actually, you did take it what, serious. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know why I did. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Like, I don't know not everybody needs a bus. <laughs> yeah, stupid. So that's a joke because all you guys know, I'm, I'm working on my bus build slowly but surely. But yeah. Um, let's, let's go ahead and, and, uh, jump right into it. Lead, lead us off. But sir, when we're talking about traveling, I, I think the first things to people, mind some people's minds are huge out of state travel trips. And it doesn't necessarily have to be that. Like Jordan was saying, um, we travel a lot. I travel a lot, but it's all in inside the state. 
most states now are not are cut into different zones and those zones have different season times. So um, I, th- there's something I believe it's called the North American waterfowl pact or, or so, I, I think that's the terminology. Anyway, a season can only run so many days. I think it's 72 is the number and it cannot exceed that number, but a lot of States will cut into zones and each zone can have that number of days. So like in, within my state, if I'm willing to travel two or three hours, I can pretty much hunt from se- beginning of September until mid three-fourths of February without hardly anything closing. And that's just inside the state. So when we're talking traveling, it's not necessarily like big trips to Canada. It can be within your state. If you're willing to travel, you're going to greatly expand your um, days that you can hunt. And once you learn different places, you're going to greatly extend your success for sure. So for me, for example, I've got a lot of, I've got a calling network and calling networks are really, really important in waterfowl hunting. It's certain guys that you are willing to share information with and they become willing to share information with, with you. And a lot of guys on my calling network, I don't even hunt with, uh, maybe I hunt with maybe once every two or three years, but we share information. And so if you can acquire some of these, some of this calling network, you know, and it, like I've had times where around my, what, in my what zone, kind of network are you calling it? A calling network. Like you call them on the phone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that I've got, to, if, if I can't find birds, I go, I have my calling network of oh, yeah. guys and I just, you know, what are you seeing? How's it going? You got anything going on? What do you know? And in return, I give them from information and, and these are friends, but they, we haven't made it inside each other's hunting groups necessarily, except for maybe on rare occasions. So, um, but you, you just share information. And so in my zone, if it's terrible and I get on my calling network, and I start talking around at other zones, I can get an idea of where there are birds and where to go. And if I'm willing to drive three hours and throw up a tent or get an Airbnb or stay in a state cabin, I can have success just jumping zones if I really, really have to. Or on the rare occasion, we'll make a three hours in, three hours out in one day, which sucks. But <laughs> so the, the point is, is that if you're willing to travel, you're going to hunt more days and you're going to have more success. There's a spot that I that I hunt that's like three and a half hours away. And it's just like borderline, like, oh man, if it was two and a half mm-hmm. hours, I tell you, I would make that mm-hmm. trip like in a heartbeat every, like almost every Saturday. But, uh, yeah. man, that you're right. That three, three and a half hours, that's where the duck trip comes in. But then I almost, it's like, you don't want to be gone all weekend, every weekend, you know? So, well, one way, to, one way to solve that, Jordan, is I've got a little one-man bivy tent, and you can set that thing up in like five minutes. And so I don't do this a lot, but what I will do sometimes is I'll just wait until right around bedtime or a little bit, maybe an hour or so before bedtime, head out, three because it's about three hours, three and a half hours where I go, throw up that bivy tent, hunt, and then make the drive back. And that makes a big difference to cut down the travel into two days, but you're really not taking much away from your family and stuff because you're basically leaving, you know, seven, eight, nine o'clock. And so yeah. you can get away with some extra little trips like that mm-hmm. with a quick tent or you with your bus, yeah. obviously, you know, which would be a great benefit. So it's kind of like, you're not really leaving for the weekend, but you're still getting to, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. That, yeah. That honestly stuff like that. Cause I'm trying to figure out, um, a way to do it. Cause I feel like within that, like three to four hour range, there's so many things, like so many places, so many things, mm-hmm. um, that I'm like just on the verge of, of like 
great hunting opportunities, which is, it's really just hard to do, um, any other way. So it's like, yeah, yeah. So that, that honestly, that's a lot in one day. It's a lot in one day because then, I mean, if you want to be there by shooting time, and it's three and a half hour drive. Yeah, that's, and you want to be set up by shooting time. It's and you want to get to your spot. You want to beat one, people. One thirty. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're, you're leaving like yeah. That's that's the problem right there because I can't fall asleep early enough. Like even if you fell asleep at nine, then it'd be like you'd get four hours of sleep. And maybe some people can function on that. But I man, I cannot drive four hours like by myself after only four hours of sleep. I need like six to make that drive. And not be tired. I feel like because then the drive back becomes dangerous. Yeah, yeah, right. You can make it there, and then it's and you hunt and you wear yourself out. So yeah, I do like that that idea of, um, you know, being able to drive the night before, having the mini mini duck hunting trip right there. Not the night before. Let's say you left at like eight o'clock, a four hour drive. You're there by midnight. Go to sleep. Mm-hmm. You wake up at six. Probably not. You probably didn't get that much sleep. That's yeah, there's there's a lot of logistics still to work out. But if you roll out at seven, you're there at ten, you're in bed by ten thirty. Yeah. You know? And now you're talking about your normal amount of sleep. It's still gonna be a rough ride home. But if you have a buddy with you, it helps. Yeah. And I've gotten to the point where I can just kind of endure and get the drive done and set some boundaries for yourself of, you know, if I get to a certain point of tired, I'm gonna stop. And even if I'm gonna shut my eyes for fifteen minutes or whatever, uh but so you do have to certainly be careful about yeah. that, but yeah. it can be done. Man, I'm getting I'm I'm getting like super excited just thinking about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Just yeah. yeah, I need to get I need to get off this podcast and go work on that bus right now. <laughs> so um I don't know if I'm cutting into we've kind of gone off on a lot of rabbit trails already. So I'm not sure where you're at in your list, but I'm I'm ready to jump in if you need me to. So um, no, I, I I can keep talking, or you can jump in. Okay, I'll go ahead. Um, so first thing, first thing that as far as you're you're picking out a trip is pick your destination. So, um, you know, I've it's it's nice if you can do it by weather, um, but if you have somewhere you want to go or like like you know, we don't always get to do that. So. You know, pick your destination and go from there. Um, and once once you've got that that destination picked out, it's all about mapping it like crazy. And honestly, we should talk about this too. We're talking about mapping it like crazy, and we're going to go a little bit into the scouting. But if you can if you can get to these places before season comes and do some of that work ahead of time on all those places you you've scouted and put pins and and all that. You know that's going to save you a lot of time on your destination as well. But you've you've kind of mentioned that too, Elliot. Um, once you mm-hmm. kind of learn these places, you know, once you you get a place where you're going to go a lot, because one of your favorite places to hunt, you know, four hours away, and you know that place like like the back of your hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Um, to add into this, just to give Onyx a little bit more love, um, just five. I think it was to see this is season one of FDH actually. Um, so seven years ago, I, I didn't have Onyx. I don't know if it was around then or, but I didn't have any type of, of imaging system like that. And we were going to the Missouri river clear up around South Dakota. And I actually, I, I was on Google earth and I was, I had to print out and laminate like 10 <laughs> different pages. I did tons of pre-scouting on this place. Cause it's a pretty intricate place, but I had to, 
I like full blown made a notebook out of laminated pages and bound it and everything just so when we're in the boat that I could be looking through these. And now all of that work I did, it's just like, oh, on X. Yep. So it's a rev- young hunters. It is a revolutionary system for scouting on X. I, and I'm running on a, on a rabbit trail again. I'm going to go on a little you bit know, farther. You know what they need yeah. for for on X? What? They need those Oculus Rift goggles, and you can just like, <laughs> yeah, you can yeah, like yeah. fly around like you're a drone doing your scouting. <laughs> that would be super cool. But part of me says, part of me like misses the old day a little bit because, like, landowner acquisition. And back then, you had to call the county and you to in, in order to find out who owned particular pieces of land. And you had to, and I had this all these notes of. Um, and a mapping system where I had to write it all down. It was really, really difficult. And then like, I would, I would learn routes in the dark to places that you had to walk through the woods to. And I was like, okay, I know no one else is coming in here because they can't navigate this. It's not very, people probably aren't going to practice this. I would practice it in the day. And then, um, using compass readings, I could navigate it in the dark. And I, and I was like, well, people can't do it. People aren't putting this much effort into it. But now you know, with getting satellite systems, anyone can walk through the dark at night, you know? So total rabbit trail there, but, <laughs> um, the, the, the scouting is certainly, and I've got that on my list as well. Very, very important. If, especially if you're going to a place that you haven't been to and you've never had your feet on the ground, you need to spend lots of time with Onyx and, and pinning yeah. stuff. So that's, that's one thing to talk about. So, with with that, you know, there's there's actually been multiple times where I've thought about just going out and winging it and, and just going to a spot because at some point you just have to do that. And, mm-hmm. you know, the best way to do it is to go there before season. But so, I mean, we only have a limited amount of time. We only have a mm-hmm. limited amount of time. So I don't know, you know, it, it just depends. You have to decide for yourself if you think your time's best spent going to – you know, for me, it probably my best spent time right now. If I'm going to do a scouting trip, is going to be up towards the the Michigan Marsh I've been going to, um, which I, I just call it the Michigan Marsh. That's what I call it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's tons of Michigan marshes. This is my Michigan Marsh. Um, but you know, that's going to be my best time spent. But like, let's say I want to go to Iowa or something like that, which I've I've done some map scouting towards that direction. Um, one because. I want to go somewhere where I might have a chance to shoot like some daytime um, pheasant. Can I do like a combo duck hunting pheasant hunt? Um, and that's like the closest place I can go and get wild pheasant. Um, but, you know, like if if I want to do that during duck season, um, I've done the map scouting, all that. I'm just going to have to go in blind at some point, you know. So mm-hmm. um, with that, there's definitely some difficulties, right? You need to either be there in the daytime to see it or just wing it in the dark, um, which almost never goes great. <laughs> you got yeah. any, you got any thoughts on that, Elliot? Yeah. Um, first of all, if you're, if you're going to be feet on the ground for the very first time, you're going to really want three days of hunting. So like, again, when we went up to the Missouri river, all we had was satellite images. So morning one, we, we went, we waited until sun up and hit the pool at, at sun up. And I know that that can be kind of a, a don't do, but this place is so massive when places are really, really massive. It doesn't make that much of a difference, but 
we got in there as the sun up and we just looked for birds. And the first spot that we saw where some birds were going down, we set up and then we had a short hunt and then we spent time scouting and we actually found uh, an area where a bunch of mouths were dumping into for the second morning. So it, now there wasn't very many birds at the time and it wasn't that successful of a hunt, but considering how few of birds there were there, we actually put ourselves in a real good position just by realizing that day one wasn't just hunt and grind through a hunt. It was hunt a little bit, but travel around in the boat, look for where birds are going down. And, and really day one is more scouting. I wouldn't go. Well, in that situation, I wouldn't go in the dark because it was a, that place is really, it's like a, um, it's like a maze up there and, and it can be really confusing. Yeah. But there, there are certain situations where you can just blind hunt in the dark. Yeah. I, For sure. I would prefer to go in a little later. Yeah, I'm the same way. Um, I, my only difference would be I'd try to like pick the best place going at dark. Don't pick somewhere that's too difficult to get to, like whether it's mm-hmm. like a, a, a involved boat trip or something like that. Maybe you just have to be somewhere where you're sitting on the uh, like close to the access and you don't have to do a lot to get there so that you don't run into any unforeseen obstacles. Um, but then beyond that, I, I'm always one that, to move quick. You know, it's like you said, you see the birds dropping somewhere. It's like, man, um, maybe you hunt that first 30 minutes of light. You see the birds dropping somewhere. You make that move right away. Um, so make your setup yeah. light and then just go, go f- for where the birds are going to set up. And then maybe you only get to that midday on that first day. And then you start doing your scouting for the next day. Um, so I will say another thing on this, when you're going to a new place, if you're going to a public area, try to call the the game management area um whatever they call it for that state and see if you can talk to somebody actually for this Iowa thing I almost did it um I tried to call them <laughs> I was <laughs> I almost want to put them on blast like a little bit cuz I'm a little annoyed I called and like left messages and nobody would reach out to me I'm like man I'm reading online I'm trying to figure out if this is a good place where I actually have the opportunity to to duck hunt and pheasant hunt and and you know <laughs> they would they would not get back to me I don't know if it was cuz it's the year of COVID and, and nobody was in office. Um, but I was a little annoyed because that's literally the reason I never made it out there because I don't know anybody out there. I don't know anybody that goes and hunts out there um, at this particular game area. I couldn't, I, so I had no like resources to figure it out except for like I'm reading on forums online and, and um, reading the information they have on the, the state website, which it, it just feels like if you just have that, Sometimes it feels like uh, not a good enough, not good enough information to make like a, a six and a half hour trip after work on Friday. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, for sure. You want a little bit more information than that. Yeah. And I would say one of the things on my list is do not ask about these locations on a state forum on the internet because can, that's the quickest yeah. way to be abused. <laughs> yeah, you can search it because plenty of people do. You can search it. Yeah. Plenty of people do. Apart. Yeah, but once you ask, people are going to say, just go scout it yourself and all that, um, which I agree. But, like, you definitely need to do your due diligence before you go there because uh, it's like I said, we only have a limited amount of time. I'm assuming everybody's the same as me, only has a limited amount of time. If I want to take a trip out towards Iowa for duck season and, and try to get on it, you know, um, I want to make sure that it's worth it before I go. Yeah. One way or another. Mm-hmm. And that kind of ties into um, a couple of mine is that plan ahead or 
go at the last second. Both of those actually going at the last second is the best method because you can play the weather and play the birds. Yep. And, and ideally um, I've got a couple of places that I would like to go every year, but I know that they're not good all the time. They're not consistent producers. They're like under the right weather circumstances, the mallards just pour in there. But if you miss them, then you're going to struggle. So if you can go at the last second, then you're going to be great. You're going to be great, much better off as far as how many birds you harvest. But most of us cannot do that. So if you can't do that, then plan ahead. Like right now, I've got Airbnb reservations and for two different places. Um, one in, oh, both of them actually in December. Both of them are in December that I've got two different um, Airbnbs already reserved. Man, when were you going to tell me you're coming to Indiana in December? Uh, well, that's not it. That's not. <laughs> that's not happening. But I've told you that you're welcome to come to me in December. Yeah, well, I told you that probably be a much better choice. So yeah, yeah. I mean that. And the thing is, uh, it could be locked up with ice. But last year on that same weekend, it was locked up with ice, and we broke a hole and shot a limit. So yeah, um, it's just it's a it's a great place and a great time. So planning ahead, I if you, I would do, I would get it planned as quickly as possible. And one thing I do for my buddies um, who may or may not want to go. I'm kind of the organizer, honestly, because I'm just more obsessed, obsessive about it. Yeah, more obsessive about it. Yeah. And I like like when you said we we're going to play that fishing trip by ear, that was a struggle for me. And I liked it. I adapted to it. But it's like I don't play trips by ear normally. It's like this. We're going to do this or that. Yeah. It's like my my waterfowl hunting. I've got it all in my calendar clear up through. Oh, shoot. I've I mean, clear up through the end of December. I've got like. This weekend I'm doing this. Now, some of it it's which, well, I don't know where I'm gonna be hunting. I know I'm gonna be hunting, but yeah. Lots we we do lots of trips. We're gonna do two trips in September, two trips in October, a trip in November, two trips in December, maybe a trip in January. So I mean we're doing lots of a lot lots of trips, uh, maybe even one in February. So mm-hmm. those trips for me and my work schedule, I gotta lock those in. I gotta get them on the calendar. And I got to share them with my friends that I that are invited, which is a pretty small number of people be, that are invited. Because I know it's it's either going to be me and my dad or me and Golden Boy. So that's or the three of us. So that's three right there. But um, I share it, and I'm like, okay, guys, here are the dates. Um, you know, and some of the dates are flexible, but most of them aren't at this point um, yeah. in my life. It's just like this is when I'm going. <laughs> if you want to come, because this is my schedule. If you want it to be your schedule, get it done ahead of me and let me know. But, um, well, with the filming, it just makes a big, it makes a big difference because you got openers in this zone. And then I've got, you know, we're, we're going to have the Patreon hunt. That's going to have to get scheduled in there. Um, we've got, I'm taking a, a, a pastor's group out, Aiden and, and Jake from Chasing Green and I. We got a weekend where it's going to be super cool. It's going to be six ministers. And it's kind of a a program to where ministers start to get burnt out and they just need like a time away hunting. And so Aiden and Jake and I are each going to have two ministers and we're going to be like the guides, but not, we're not getting any money or anything. So it's legal. And so <laughs> we're going to spend this whole weekend in this Airbnb with these guys. And I'm really excited about it. Anyway, that's got a specific calendar date is my point. So get it planned ahead of time. Don't wait until the last second, get it, get it on the books. And it's better for the women. If you get it planned on books too, for your wives. Yeah. And my wife anymore. I don't, she doesn't even care. I'm like, you want to see my calendar? She's like, eh. you know, <laughs> she just knows that once Sunday season goes, it's like, <laughs> uh, yeah. 
I was I was thinking the same thing when you said it. I'm like, man, well, I'm probably doing a bad job with that if it's because I'm like I'm the king of last minute. I really am. Yeah. Like I could be like at work on Friday, like eating lunch and just be like, I want to go to Iowa, and like just yeah. you know like text my wife. I'm like, do you care if I go to Iowa? I'll just leave like right after work here. I just you know yeah. throw some stuff in the and and it's like she's she's definitely pretty cool about about all that. Um, too, because like you said, she knows it's duck season and and that's just mm-hmm. go time and and all that. But it, it it's like you said, be last minute or plan. But they can actually be like hand in hand a good thing, because if mm-hmm. you're planning, if you're looking in these places, you're map scouting it, you're talking to the DNR officers or, or whoever the the land management um officers or, or what whatever they're called in every state, then you have a game plan even if you don't go right then and last minute man that hits you on a, a the week and you don't have any birds and you need to go somewhere and you have all everything figured out for where you're going to go what you're going to do where you're going to stay what places you can hit then you can last minute when the weather's right just bam hop off to wherever you know whether it's Wisconsin Minnesota yeah, Michigan. Like for me, I'm I'm talking about like little weekend trips where I can hit mm-hmm. up within that six hour range and do it right after work. You can get there by midnight and not just be completely burnt out. Um, you know, it gives you that those opportunities. So you plan ahead. You do all the map scouting, figure everything out, and then when it happens, you can do it last minute and still have some some great success. Yeah, that's what happened that weekend that Tim Cochran came up two years ago and. He got in on two of the better mallard hunts of my life, where it's like, I was like, all right, Tim, I know you're coming tomorrow. We may go here. We may stay at my house. We may travel three hours over there. You know, yep. Like, yep. I'm still getting information in and boom, we, we, we split. And then I called him last night. I said, Hey, can you leave three hours early? We got to get out of here. And we hit and hit the road. So certainly that, that really is effective with, especially within your States or like I live right across the border from Missouri and not too far from Nebraska. I'm right in the corner of the state. So yep. where you can just let's go let's go do it it's very very effective yeah um, if you're if you're as into it as we are some people like corn he would he's just a casual duck hunter uh, my, my buddy and, and i love hunting with a him filthy a he, filthy casual yeah 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 he just you know he doesn't want to put that much energy into it so yeah some sometimes this, i forget some of this information just for obsessive duck hunters i know sometimes here. i forget there's people that are like that they're just like just, lots of people yeah, most people, most people. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, most people are probably just like, whatever. If I don't have birds, I just won't go. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're like, if I don't have birds, what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. Well, man, it's raining a little bit. I'm going to stay in bed. What? <laughs> no, there's, there's some, don't you know, there's no weather that cancels a duck hunt? Yeah. The, there's the worst no the weather. weather. Lightning does not cancel a duck hunt in my world. Have you ever seen I'll that? Uh, in the parking lot. You seen that video on on social media? I think it was about two years ago now, where there's those guys in a boat blind. There's literally like a tornado. <laughs> no, you I haven't don't. seen that. Oh no. man, we need to find it. Somebody find it, put it in the fellowship, or I'll try to find it, put it in there, and tag Elliot and me. I want to see it again. Yeah, there's these yeah, duck yeah. hunters. They're literally sitting in their boat and in the blind, like they're out sticking out of the top of the blind, looking across the marsh. And there's like a tornado just ripping through there, like right in front of them. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'd be freaking like a out. Title. This ought to stir the ducks up. Yeah, that'll get them up. Ducknado. <laughs> that'll get them. Now, I do want to be responsible and say there are. You do have to be smart because yeah. I know a couple of years ago those guys put that twelve foot John boat on a lake in Oklahoma 
with like 40 mile an hour wind. So high winds can cancel a duck on a reservoir. If the winds are like 35, 40 plus, I'm not putting my boat on a reservoir. And ice on the roads can also cancel a duck hunt but that's normally because my wife is my wife knows she's got like once a year like veto card that that she'll play and and when she plays it it's always been for ice on the roads because i'm but so i do want to say that there are some external circumstances in which you have to be safe because people do die yeah definitely for sure um so next thing i want to jump to is um, something for these trips that'd be good to have, and I'm in the process of making this. You might already have it, Elliot, but you need like a universal checklist of all the things that that you all, because we were talking about this when we camp. You know, somebody said, I think it was one of your sons said, like, how many times can you can you remember going on a camping trip where you didn't forget something? And you said, never. I've never gone on a mm-hmm. camping trip where I didn't forget something. And yep. I mean, you forgot, like, you forgot like chargers for your phone because mm-hmm. you weren't thinking about primitive. You know, you actually didn't even bring a charger for your, like a cord for your phone, or maybe you lost it. No, I didn't. So, like, you know, like it's always little things like that. I forgot my sleeping bag, you know, like. Yeah, that's a little bigger one. <laughs> yeah. That one, luckily, it's like it was in the, um, the lows were like in the upper 60s. Um, and you loaned me like a midget sleeping bag. So I at least had something. Um, but you need a universal checklist because. It's one thing if you forget a charger on a duck hunt, but if you forget like your shotgun on a duck hunt <laughs> and you yeah. went and you traveled six hours, I mean, man, you just wasted a lot of time. So obviously, yeah. I mean, how many times have you gone on duck hunts where people have forgot their guns? Have you, have you had that happen yet? Uh, my dad did, I believe <laughs> one time, I think. Yeah. My, my dad's <laughs> forgot his actually too. Um, Shells have been forgotten too. <laughs> yeah. I, we've all, I did we've that all one time. I was something. on a river. I was on a river duck hunt by myself, and I only had, I think, three shells. Mm. And I got clear out, laying on a sandbar, just Izzy and me, clear in the middle of this river. <laughs> I got three shells. I'm like, ah, oh, man. It was it was a slow day, and I was one for three and killed a <laughs> killed a golden eye. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I was one for one, but uh, yeah. So I did. I've I've had people forget guns multiple times, though. I, I'm like multiple times. Um, which you wouldn't think like people would forget that. And so far I haven't forgot a shotgun. Um, you know, my, like I said, my, my dad, I think he forgot his on the way over to my house and I just let him borrow one of mine. I can't even remember what the exact mm-hmm. cir- circumstances were on that. I've had a couple times where people on, on river hunts forgot, forgot guns. It's like, man, don't forget your gun. So anyways, all this to say you need a universal checklist. Um, you know, whether it's, Everything you have that are the essentials, the decoys. If you got a boat, make sure you have that boat plug. You know all, all that kind of stuff. Don't forget to fuel up everything, so that when you go on these these uh, these trips, nothing's going to ruin it. And don't start working on it the last night either. I mean, you need to. For me, it's weird because I've had times where I will pack a week in advance. But then by the time it's the day to go, I'm so paranoid that I haven't packed everything because on, on my big trip out of state trips, I'll take a checklist. Like for our fishing trip in Indiana, I had the checklist. The reason I forgot what I did forget was because I thought I'll grab it in the morning when I went to sleep. And that's a never do that. Never say I'll grab it in the morning. That's yeah. Just do it now. Get, get out. But, if you remember it while your head is on the pillow, stand up and go get it. Cause you won't. It's like you said, yeah. 
Like it, it, even if it's your last thought before you get mm-hmm. up, it won't be your first thought in the morning. No. So that, and that's why I forgot that. But so what I, what I do now is I start two or three days in advance, but I don't fully pack everything until the last day. So I'll have everything laid out, ready to be packed. And then like the day before I will visually see myself pack it all. Because like I said, if I do it too far in advance, even even if I know I packed everything, then it drives me nuts because I can't remember packing everything. Yeah, that's where it comes no, to that I checklist. That's that's something that I don't. I don't checklist short trips, like <laughs> three hour trips. I don't checklist. It's just the big ones that I, that I checklist. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's something I'm gonna. Start there's not doing near more. as much to take. Not near as much to take. I always seem. Just I always just seem to forget something. So that's something I'm gonna do more. I think is is the checklist, even on on a shorter trip, because like even things like. On like just a normal duck hunt, I forgot calls, man. You feel naked out there without your call lanyard. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got a pretty good organization system in my shed, so I've got these crates with everything in it. And so when I pack my hunting bag, I do that all at once, and I, they all when I get done with the hunt, they all go are in one place. So they don't get spread out. They don't make it into the house. They don't. They all they all stay in an organized place. It doesn't always look really organized, but I, it is, and to me. And so when I pack my hunting bag, everything is right in those crates and I'll just go through and put it in, put it in. Or like I said, just lay it on the table and have it all laid out on the table. And then when I pack my hunting bag, I'm visually seeing it all go into the bag like the day before. Yeah, that's definitely the nice. The more organized step. you can be, the better. Yeah. It helps and, being organized before the hunt. Yeah. Yeah. That, I'm envious. Is your space. <clears throat> Excuse me there. Yeah. I'm, I'm envious that you have. I, I, my dream is to have a pool barn all the duck hunting mm-hmm. stuff and, and all that. So definitely makes it a little easier not having everything piled on itself. But um, yeah, it does. I'll, I'll say the last the last tip I think I got for all this is, um, and this has kind of hurt me in the past, is don't wait to buy your license. Get it ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I know we had one year where I came out there to Kansas and I stopped like right at the border in uh, Kansas City. I didn't realize Kansas City was in Missouri, so... Mm-hmm. I kind of screwed part myself. Of it is. Part of it is, part of it's not. <laughs> but I couldn't, Kansas I couldn't buy a Kansas country. license there. So, and in Indiana, like we can buy a Michigan license, like on our side of the border. So, mm-hmm. that'd be nice. But yeah, you got any uh, kind of closing thoughts on it? I don't think so. But I, I um, well, if if you don't travel at all. I think that you will enrich your waterfowl season if you do travel. It's real. That's one of the things I love about waterfowl hunting is I can go hunt on the plains. I can hunt shallow, big shallow rivers. I can hunt in some wooded areas. I can hunt ponds. I can hunt. So all of the different landscapes. And that's one thing I would I, like having a private club. I wouldn't like, it's like the same place all the time. I love having all of the different locations to hunt. So if you, if you don't travel much in state or out of state, give it, give it a go, man. It, it really will enrich your waterfowl season. Yeah. I was, I was honestly thinking of the same exact thing to close it. If you're a filthy casual, <laughs> you know, just make, make the leap of faith. You know, if we didn't talk you into it by how, how excited we are talking about our little our little trips, and they definitely are some work. There's no mm-hmm. way around it. Sometimes it's a little bit rough. But if you're just hunting the same areas all the time, I mean, there's so many places, so many great places to hunt in, in our nation. So, you know, check them out. You won't regret it. 
And I think that you'll become a better waterfowl hunter just by going to different places, hunting with different people, and and figuring out different tactics. So, yeah, I think that's a, a good place to go go ahead and close this. Um, I am pumped to go ahead and, and start putting my list together. It's it's, it's honestly rejuvenated my uh, <laughs> desire to get working on that bus because of how much I know I'm going to be using it on little little trips like this. So, um, but yeah. Alrighty, folks, I'm Jordan, Duckin' Chronicles, Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting, and we'll see you guys on the next one.